Welcome to Dental Dilemmas, brought to you by the ADA Council on Ethics, Bylaws, and Judicial Affairs, and I am your host, Ansley Depp. Today, using the ADA's Code of Ethics and Professional Conduct, we will analyze one of the Council's most popular ethical moments. Today's question is posed by Dr. Kathy Nichols in a previously published article from December of 2022. Today's question reads, some of my colleagues are using social media platforms like TikTok to create short videos to appeal to a larger patient population, to build the practice bases and to educate patients. Some of these videos can be shared in the form of duets whereby other dentists can opine on the post. So if one dentist posts a video of their treatments, a second dentist can repost the video and comment if this feature is enabled by the content creator, giving their professional opinion without the full knowledge of the patient's dental history, consent, or specific case details. These TikTok dentists are providing generalized treatment recommendations and have no specifics of the patient in question. I do not want to be left behind but I wonder what the ethical considerations of this social media platform are in the world of modern dentistry. So today's ethical moment, we are focusing on the ethical considerations of using video social media platforms such as TikTok in your dental practice. This ethical moment was written by Dr. Kathleen Nichols. And Kathy Nichols is a CEPGEM member right now with me on the council. And she is a joy to have on the council. Kathy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you practiced? Thank you, Ansley. I am a general dentist practicing in Lubbock, Texas. I actually retired just about a year ago and still am involved in organized dentistry through the ADA and the Texas Dental Association. And I am also doing some teaching at the University of Texas Houston branch. Uh -huh, we have that in common. We both retired and took up a little bit of teaching. So that's kind of been fun for me. I know it's been fun for you too. Yes, it has. I really enjoy it. And I know also you've kind of gotten into this ethics thing. You've been invited to even speak a couple times. Is that right? Yes, that's, that's kind of the whole ethics component has opened up a lot of doors for me and given me some new challenges that I'm really enjoying pursuing. I spoke last year with Dr. Kelly Roth at the American Dental Association SmileCon meeting, and we did a one-hour presentation on friending and social media, and that was really very successful, I believe. And then recently, Dr. Roth and I again spoke to the Women's Dental Organization through the Michigan Dental Association. Oh, I'm so proud of you. That's awesome. So tell me, why did you end up selecting dentistry as your career path? Well, way back when, when I was in <laughs> high school, I actually needed a part-time job and I was scooping ice cream for a while and that just wasn't my thing. And there was a dental assistant job open in an orthodontic office. 
and it was going to fit into my after school hours. So I took the job and it just kind of opened up something inside of me and I found out that that's where my heart was. And so ever since that time, I really have not veered off of my focus in loving dentistry. That's awesome. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about your ethical moment. I've been on TikTok and I've been on Dent Talk. Was there anything specific, like a specific situation that brought up this ethical moment for you? Maybe something you saw on social media that triggered this? Yes, actually, my daughter is involved in corporate social media and she kind of alerted me to this a while back and said, mom, have you been seeing what's going on with the dentists on some of these TikTok videos? And I thought, TikTok, what's that? So I started doing quite a bit of research on it and she kept sending me them and I saw some of them were really good and I really could see what an awesome opportunity these kind of video and chat platforms were. But I also started to see some of the red flags that were coming up in some of the videos that I was observing. Yeah, and I I appreciated that you started with that. You started with a quote from the preamble or the introduction to the code, laying down the traits of honesty, compassion, kindness, integrity, and fairness, I think gives us what is a perfect foundation for this discussion. Is there one of those traits that maybe you feel is applicable to social media more than the others? I think that if one were to focus on just one of them, Ansley, I probably would look at the concept of integrity because that's one of those all-encompassing kind of concepts that if we always try to maintain our integrity and the integrity of our profession, and also expanding that outward to the integrity of our society, I believe that that can be just a number one guiding principle for how I interact with not only social media, but all aspects of my practice in life. Yeah, I think the world would be a better place, right? Right. So the first section of the code addresses patient autonomy And this was kind of the first guiding principle that you discussed. Can you expand on maybe the many ways and angles that this is applicable in this situation? So first, let me talk a little bit about patient autonomy. Some of these words in the five principles, they're words that might be unfamiliar to some of us, and autonomy is one of them. And really what that is referring to is the patient's right to self-governance. That is, the patient can make their own decisions about themselves and wants to feel involved in their care. And included in this are the concepts of privacy, confidentiality, again, self-determination. I can decide what's best for me I depend on my healthcare practitioner or my dentist to tell me what is best for me and let me be involved in that decision making. And likewise, under the self-governance concept, patients have the expectations that their dentist is not going to exert undue influence or untruths into the treatment planning, for example, so that they can be involved in an honest decision-making process. So what you're saying, if I think I hear you right, is 
without the patient's knowledge, the dentist is putting this out there and perhaps getting feedback on a specific patient's treatment. So then this patient has no idea that someone else is unduly giving contributions to their final treatment, correct? You're right, Ansley. To expand on that a little bit further, if a dentist puts out a TikTok video, for example, or some other social media platform that contains untruths, or it's not disclosed that a specific patient's characteristics need to be considered before any treatment planning, they might be thinking that this is some kind of a universal treatment plan that could apply to them. That's a good point. And furthermore, using patient's likeness or any kind of images on this is a conflict of patient autonomy because of HIPAA and other legal ramifications. So for example, if you're using images from a particular patient without that patient's consent, that also would fall under the autonomy category because a patient has a right to decide whether or not they would be featured on these kind of social media platforms. Yeah, and I discussed this with my students in my ethics class. A consent to take photos is not a consent to publish photos. So that's Correct. a very important distinction, I think, that needs to be made. Yes, you're exactly right. So the second section of the code talks about non-malfeasance or do no harm. And you use this specific section regarding personal relationships with patients. Why did you choose this section to use as an example? So again, this kind of falls back. Let me just say there's overlap between some of the, oh, the sure. five pillars of the code. But again, when so let's say a dentist presents a video on TikTok and they do it in a generalizable way, not disclosing that this needs to have specific treatment characteristics taken into consideration. That would be misleading the patients and potentially doing harm. So potentially a patient could choose to have a dental procedure done, not understanding that their particular situation may not be appropriate for that particular procedure as was displayed on these social media platforms such as TikTok. I love that. So somebody who maybe has veneers thinks they can go in for whitening because they see that everywhere. Whereas we know that those veneers are not going to whiten, but they were told on TikTok that this would work. I can see that as a great example. Furthermore, and, and unfortunately I've, I've seen this to be true that Patients, for example, their pre-op photographs were displayed on TikTok and they were ridiculed for the condition of their teeth or other aspects of their general appearance. And that is a direct exploitation of that patient's rights and is really potentially doing harm to that patient. That's a great example. I've seen that also. So next you talk about beneficence or do good. So looking back to the foundations, I like to think that most of these TikTok platforms are lifted up as educational and are meant to share information. Can you expand on this principle of doing good in reference to social media? Yes, specifically, one of the big benefits that I see that TikTok offers is the opportunity to educate the patients. So there's lots of fun videos out there for pre-op instructions, post-op instructions, dental hygiene instructions, using humor, 
using music, uh, using dancing to display certain educational topics. And patients really tie into this and enjoy that. Using these platforms to promote patient welfare and health is a wonderful use of uh, these platforms. I agree. So you next bring up justice or fairness. And I see this being especially important for the repost or the duet feature. So how do you think the code can be applied there? So to familiarize our audience with the duet feature within TikTok, let's say, for example, uh, Ansley, you create a TikTok video, and then I can go in and comment side by side, which is called a duet, on your video, and you don't have to consent to me doing that. So it uh, kind of leaves the opportunity open for a little bit of abuse or misuse, if you will, of the platform. And so the most important concept that I wanted to make sure that we're all aware of is justifiable criticism. It is not the place for one dentist to go on and criticize another dentist's work or another dentist's TikTok video on a public forum such as this. That is just, if there's something untrue about what they have posted, it would be appropriate to go to that dentist directly or even another opportunity would to be go through the component dental society or the constituent dental society. But to do that publicly is probably inappropriate. Yeah, I've seen that on TikTok and other social media. And that, that is a very difficult and somewhat demeaning part of social media. And that comes back to the integrity that you mentioned in the very beginning. So I think that's an excellent point. Well, and I think this goes back to beneficence as far as the concept of doing good, and that means doing good for our profession and making sure that we constantly keep the esteem of our profession at the forefront. And we would not want to get into any kind of a public forum situation where we're debating ethics or even any kind of dental procedures added on to that is the permanence of the situation. Mm -hmm. So once you comment on something or once you put something on social media, it's out there and it's out there forever. And so it can be brought back to you personally. It can be brought back to the other dentist. Patients can utilize this as far as discussing issues with their dentist. And it really has a huge snowball effect. Well, I think that brings us to the final section with veracity, because we need to be addressing all of these truthfully. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Yes. So I have seen on some of these great, great videos on from the patient education standpoint, accepted dental procedures and things like that. But we would have to be really careful about maintaining intellectual integrity. By that, I mean that we can't really put anything that's false or misleading on there to try to encourage patients to come to your office or disparaging to another dentist. So we, we can't be false or misleading in this type of posting, advertising, marketing through social media. So any kind of unsubstantiated recommendations really should not find their way onto social media. That's wonderful. So I know I've been on TikTok. We've talked about that. And I know that we've been over the five pillars and 
how the code influences dentists. Do you think that there's anything in the code that may bring a responsibility to the non-dentist when they are posting dental videos out there? I think this is a really difficult aspect of social media, of all the platforms, because trying to debate another dentist, much less a non-dentist, on these platforms is probably a losing battle. While they may be justified, I think that we need to consider the integrity aspect and the esteem of our profession and always consider to be fair and just. And usually without attention, these kind of posts will bury themselves from lack of attention. You've heard about posts going viral. Well, it's usually because people are confronting each other about different topics. You know, we just have to be careful to not engage ourselves into those kind of situations. And I think we dentists can use this ethical moment you've published to lead with integrity and professionalism, as you said, and address these things using the code to hopefully get our things out there viral in a truthful and ethical way. So I think this has been a great interview as far as that goes. Thank you. I know your article focuses on TikTok, but I wonder if you feel like there are any other platforms that you could see this expanding to. Absolutely. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all of these are really popular and really growing. They are also really useful tools. They can be super beneficial to connect and engage with today's patients and give them an opportunity to learn more in a fun and inviting way. One of the things that I would caution our listeners about is just to be careful about friending on Facebook and make sure that you keep your professional boundaries very clear. That is that you're using a professional page for your practice and a personal page for yourself and not intermingling the two. I've seen where I'm going to say healthcare professionals have been posted on Facebook uh, the night before a procedure having a lot of fun. And then the next day, the patient is questioning whether that healthcare provider is competent for their procedure based on what they saw on social media platforms. So don't forget, patients see everything, keep your professional boundaries high and keep your privacy settings high. I love this because what the listeners don't know is you've written another article on social media and hopefully one day we'll get to delve into that too. So Kathy, what does being an ethical dentist mean to you and how did you apply the ADA code to your everyday practice? As I mentioned earlier, I, th I think honesty and integrity are just the overriding principles that I always tried to maintain. And if I applied those concepts to my patient relationships and my dental treatment planning and dental treatments, I felt like I couldn't go wrong. And I was always trying to do no harm. So every dentist is going to have unexpected outcomes and I think it's important that we have a clear guidepost, which I feel is the code of ethics, to keep our practices on track and our patient-doctor relationships strong. So regarding practicing ethically in the ADA code, what advice would you give to recently graduated new dentist? I think mentorship 
mentorship, mentorship, mm, mentorship, yeah. mentorship with other ethical dentists in your community, in your association, and in, in the American Dental Association. I think that that will give you safe harbor for discussing dental treatments, dental practice challenges, and just learning all of the things that you didn't learn in dental school. And also looking at who you admire as dentists and how they maintain these doctor-patient relationships and keeping them based on honesty and trust. I think you avoid a lot of crocodiles in the water by having good, strong doctor-patient relationships. I love that. Crocodiles in the water. That's awesome. So I know this isn't the end, and hopefully we maybe can have you back for another episode to discuss social media. There is a lot to discuss on social media, but I wanted to do this one because of the popularity of TikTok right now. Do you have any final thoughts today about this article? Anything else you want to share with our listeners? Absolutely, Ansley. Thank you. Social media is here to stay. There's only going to be more and more platforms out there for us to utilize in our practices. It provides a great educational platform for patient education and for patient engagement. It can really help to grow your practice when used ethically. Always follow and apply the guideposts found in the ADA Code of Ethics and be respectful be accurate, maintain your privacy settings, and above all else, be kind. I don't think I can come up with a better close. Thank you so much, Kathy, for joining me today. This has been a wonderful interview. Thank you, Ansley, for inviting me. A final note about the episode. Please see the show notes for a link to the original article and stay tuned for future episodes. At the close of the episode, continue listening to hear the sections of the ADA's Principles of Ethics and Code of Professional Conduct, pertinent to the original Ethical Moment article. This article discusses all five sections of the ADA's Principles of Ethics and Code of Professional Conduct. These sections are as follows. Today's article uses the ADA Code of Professional Conduct preamble. The preamble to the ADA Code states that dentists should possess traits of character that foster adherence to ethical principles, qualities of honesty, compassion, kindness, integrity, and fairness help to define the true professional. This article also uses the section addressing patient autonomy or self-governance. The dentist has a duty to respect the patient's rights to self-determination and confidentiality. This principle expresses the concept that professionals have a duty to treat the patient according to the patient's desires within the bounds of accepted treatment and to protect the patient's confidentiality. Under this principle, the dentist's primary obligations include involving patients in treatment decisions in a meaningful way, with due consideration being given to the patient's needs, desires, and abilities, and safeguarding the patient's privacy. We also have Section 2, Principle Non-Malfeasance, or Do No Harm. The dentist has a duty to refrain from harming the patient. This principle expresses the concept that professionals have a duty to protect the patient from harm. Under this principle, 
The dentist's primary obligations include keeping knowledge and skills current, knowing one's own limitations, and when to refer to a specialist or other professional, and knowing when and under what circumstances delegation of patient care to auxiliaries is appropriate. This article also discusses beneficence or do good. The dentist has a duty to promote the patient's welfare. This principle expresses the concept that professionals have a duty to act for the benefit of others. Under this principle, the dentist's primary obligation is service to the patient and the public at large. The most important aspect of this obligation is the competent and timely delivery of dental care within the bounds of clinical circumstances presented by the patient, with due consideration being given to the needs, desires, and values of the patient. The same ethical considerations apply whether the dentist engages in fee-for-service, managed care, or some other practice arrangement. Dentists may choose to enter into contracts governing the provision of care to a group of patients. However, contract obligations do not excuse dentists from their ethical duty to put the patient's welfare first. We also discuss Section 4, Principle Justice, or Fairness. The dentist has a duty to treat people fairly. This principle expresses the concept that professionals have a duty to be fair in their dealings with patients, colleagues, and society. Under this principle, the dentist's primary obligations include dealing with people justly and delivering dental care without prejudice. In its broadest sense, this principle expresses the concept that the dental profession should actively seek allies throughout society on specific activities that will help improve access to care for all. Under the principle of justice, we look at Section 4C, Justifiable Criticism, and this may be applicable in the context of duetting. Any dentist comment on or responding to the recommendations and work of another dentist should be careful to not disparage another dentist publicly. Dentist issuing a public statement with respect to the profession shall have a reasonable basis to believe that the comments made are true. And the last section is Section 5, Principle Veracity, or Truthfulness. The dentist has a duty to communicate truthfully. This principle expresses the concept that professionals have a duty to be honest and trustworthy in their dealings with people. Under this principle, the dentist's primary obligations include respecting the position of trust inherent in the dentist-patient relationship, communicating truthfully and without deception, and maintaining intellectual integrity. Remember to keep ethics at the forefront of your daily practice, and stay tuned as Seabjed decodes dental dilemmas. This is your host, Ansley Depp, signing off.